Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Committed is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey there. Today we're bringing you the second part of the final episode of season two. In part one, we heard from Ashley and Juan. They told us what it was like to work as a Border Patrol officer in 2019 and what it's like to be married to one. The constant nerves, the fear, the stigma against the job. But there's no shortage of stories that begin at our southern border. And today we're going to hear from Sarah and Spider. Spider's an illegal immigrant. He came here from El Salvador in his 20s to try to escape gang violence and make money to support his parents. He's been living in the States for 11 years. Sarah, who was his fiancée when we first started talking, is an American citizen. We followed Sarah and Spider's story over the course of nine months through their wedding planning, and then through Spider's detention by ICE. Here's Sarah talking to us while Spider was being held in a detention center by the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Sometimes it's a little hard to hear her because some of our conversations took place on the phone instead of the studio, but bear with her because the story's worth it. In our darkest conversations, he's told me that I should just let him go and go find me a nice white boy. And I told him that... There's no way that I'm not going to fight for him. If I wasn't willing to fight for him, then I wouldn't be the kind of woman he should marry. See, sometimes Spider tells Sarah that he thinks she'd be better off if she'd never even met him. He tells her she should leave him, go find someone else, someone with less baggage. Someone who could legally live in the same country. He's already said that, you know, if he gets out of this and he gets to come home with me, we'll do the we'll do our wedding the way that we wanted it. It'll be said that, you know, this is kind of a formality because We've been living together so long. We've been engaged for so long. It already feels like he's my husband, you know? So it just feels like we have to, you know, dot the I's, cross the T's. When Spider was arrested in January, he and Sarah were planning to have a May wedding. They'd hired a lawyer to work on his papers, but this arrest looked like it was going to derail all of that. When we talked on the phone, Sarah was losing hope. I can't explain how like just scared I am all the time 
because yeah, we put down 10 grand for a lawyer, but there's no guarantee that lawyer is going to win. And if he goes back to El Salvador, I don't know how long he'll be able to live down there. I'm worried he'll get killed. I'm Joe Piazza. This is Committed. Spider was born in El Salvador. He grew up there, but there was no future for him that didn't involve joining a gang. If you are a man, you know, the gangs, sometimes you don't have a choice. You have to enjoy them. They say that you enjoy the gangs or you walk with a Bible under your arms. So it's dangerous and I need money and work is not good. So it was kind of my only option just to come here to try to look for a better life for me and better life for him my mom and my dad. So Spider hitchhiked from the border of El Salvador through Guatemala and through Mexico, paying someone to help him cross the border into the United States. The crossing part, yeah, that's, it's hard. You have to walk in the desert with no water, no food sometimes, because you take water and you take food, but you don't know how long you're going to be there. And usually, we have to sleep on the day and walk in the night because it's cold and immigration don't want to see you. Sometimes you saw people that they don't make it. And while you walk, you can see like a cross, like a reminder of people that they didn't make it and they died there. When they finally made it across the border, the coyotes took them to a safe house until the family finished making the payments. Once that balance was paid, Spider made his way to Tennessee, where his sister was already living. He was trained as a professional welder, and he started trying to get some work so he could send money home to his parents. It's hard for somebody that don't have papers to get a job, so basically you have to lie and get fake papers. And I know that's illegal, but like I'm doing some illegal thing, but at the same time, I'm trying to do it right. In a lot of ways, Sarah's life in America was as turbulent as Spider's in El Salvador. Maybe even more so because Spider had an incredibly strong family and support system, and Sarah was raised by a single mom who suffered from alcoholism and mental illness. In 2010, Sarah's mom let one of her boyfriends move into the house. He abused and raped Sarah. She bounced around a lot after that, from her dad's house to her grandfather's house, and she suffered from PTSD from the rape the entire time. When she met Spider, she was trying to get her life together. She was 21, in therapy, and taking classes at Austin P. State University. One night, Sarah went to a house party with her girlfriends that happened to be a celebration for Spider's 31st birthday. They met broke away from the crowd, talked and talked and talked, and then the party began to thin out. Everyone went to bed, and it was just me and him awake. But then he's, like, so funny, and when he talks to you, he, like, he's talking to you. It's not just, like, small talk. He's, like, listening to you, and 
Like, he makes you feel like he cares. And he's a musician, so he pulled out his guitar and he started playing um, Hero by Enrique Iglesias. And I was like, all right, (laughs) it is your birthday. Then we were just kind of um, friends with benefits for like a year and a half. And that was great. Like, I think that was the best thing for us, right, hon? Yeah. Like, we got to know each other and you were my best friend before like you were ever anything more than that. We was like uh, friends for a long time. I just felt safe. Like I, she was my best friend. And even I know we was together, but not really together yet. I didn't realize that I was in love with her. <laughs> You're going to make me cry. Don't do that. They were best friends for about two years before they were officially anything else. I remember Mima told me that... um. Mima's my great-grandmother, and she's like, you know, you talk about this spider guy, like, a lot. So he's your boyfriend? And I'm like, no, 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 he's he's just a friend. Don't don't worry, Mima. And she's like, no, Sarah, like, you're in love with this guy. I didn't know how to be in a serious relationship. So I asked her one night, hey, you want to be my girlfriend? Like, I know she's going to say yes. I, like, I didn't say anything, and he's like, Sarah... You're my girlfriend. Like, I think we both know this now. So you can be happy. And then I was. We went home. He made me tacos de chorizo, and it was the best. Six months after that, they started living together. Sarah began to depend on Spider for a lot more than emotional support. See, Sarah has a degenerative disease that's been degrading her vision for years now. She's legally blind and can't drive, which makes it almost impossible for her to work. The jobs close to me that I could walk to are jobs that I won't be able to do with my vision. It's like McDonald's, and I can't read a cash register, and I can't read the screens that have the orders, and then there's the Walgreens, and like I can't read a cash register, and I can't see the little numbers you need to read to do like inventory and stuff. Sarah relies on her social security disability to help her pay her bills. She relies on Spider to help her get through her day. I already feel so guilty that he goes to work every day and he's sweating and he's welding and he's working so hard. And I'm at home like sweeping and doing dishes. And we talk a lot about how I feel um, like I'm letting him take care of me. And I hate that so much. But Spider did take care of her. He was her emotional and physical support. He knew her condition was getting worse and worse, and he wanted to make sure Sarah saw as much of the world as possible while she could still see things. So one weekend, he took her out to Orange Beach in Alabama. I had never seen the beach before, (laughs) and it was my first trip. He made me wait until he woke up and then covered my eyes and walked me through the little condo thing we were in to the balcony, and I was like, this is so dumb, just let me see it. And then I lost my mind. It was so big and beautiful and like the sun hit it just right and the sand was so white. And then like I was running out the door before he could put on shoes (laughs) because I was like, I got to get down there like right now. The next day, Spider had something incredibly important planned. He had a ring in his pocket, which meant he was nervous. He took two shots of Patron before he got on the boat. Sarah was a little bit annoyed about that. And then I... Just propose hers, and uh, she didn't say a word. There's a video of the proposal. 
Spider handed his phone to someone, so it's wobbly and the audio isn't great, but it is incredibly sweet. No, no, you're not serious. In it, Spider asked her twice. Would you marry me? Because Sarah can't actually believe that he's proposing. The entire boat starts cheering. And, uh, I was like uh, asking everybody uh, there on the boat, okay, help. And then it was like, say yes, say yes, say yes, say yes. Did <laughs> you say yes? I think I just like pulled you up and kissed you. Like, I, I, I don't think I was ever like, yeah, we'll do this. I was just like, okay, I need to like make out with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Moments like these are actually my favorite time to take a break. We'll be right back. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. So Sarah and Spider were now engaged. They were looking forward to a life together regardless of Spider's immigration status. But then tragedy struck. A few months after the proposal, Sarah's mother took her own life. Like, I don't want to say we saw it coming because, like, she had tried to overdose on pills before. She had been in so many DUI car accidents because she was an alcoholic and she had been struggling with that since I was 13 and I was almost 21 when she died. It was such a shock because like she had tried to hurt herself so many times and it had never worked. So it was just like, wow. Sarah spent the next three days with Spider just holed up in the house. He allowed her to grieve, gave her time and space, And then he pushed her to try to start living her life again. And then he was like, okay, babe, you need to go back to school. And he's like, you can't let this mess up your school you're doing so well, and you have finals coming soon. And then I went back to school. Comforting Sarah through her mom's suicide wasn't easy for Spider. He hadn't seen his own parents for more than nine years. But then later that same year, Spider's parents finally got visas to come visit. It was the first time they'd ever met Sarah, and the first time they'd seen their son since he left El Salvador. Spider spent a really long time preparing Sarah to meet his mom. I was so scared to meet her because, like, I've learned Spanish, and it's still not great. But if I'm nervous, like, I stumble over my words, and there's the fact that um, his mom has lived in El Salvador forever, and... I'm learning words that they don't use in El Salvador. I'm learning words from Mexico and Honduras. There was one night that his mom was here and she was cold. So I wrapped her in a blanket and I was like, now you're a burrito. 
and they don't eat burritos there. For them, burritos is just, it just means little donkey. And I'm like, oh my God, I just, I just called my mother-in-law a small donkey. <laughs> well, thank God Spider was there to explain what a burrito is. And then like, of course, jokes are so much funnier when you explain them. So I was like, yeah, you know, I was like saying that you're a burrito because I don't know how to roll tamales and just kind of dying inside. I think um, my father-in-law, her husband was going to fall off the couch. He was just absolutely dying. (laughs) That was really funny. After that, Sarah and Spider's mom clicked. They became like family. Sarah's family, on the other hand, took a while to warm up to Spider. I think the the most offensive thing my dad said was the first time he saw a picture of us together on Instagram, he called me and he was like, are you dating a black guy? And I'm like, no, dad, he's El Salvadoran. And he's like, okay, bye. Love you. I mean, my dad was, we've decided we're not allowed to talk politics anymore or like we're going to end up hating each other because we're both so heated about it. And like, I grew up hearing that illegal people were bad. And like, if they want to come to the country, that's all well and good, but there's ways to do that. Yeah, there's ways to do it. And it's so hard, especially when you're in a dire situation. But it's gotten better since then in a lot of surprising ways. It has been so beautiful and so surprising because like my dad, he loves Spider so much. He bought him $100 work boots because we were struggling and his boots were falling apart for work. And we were about to go to Walmart and buy him like just the cheapy ones to make it through. And my dad was like, uh, no, this man takes such good care of you and he needs to work. And my brothers came and stayed with us for a couple weeks over the summer. And they think he's just so funny. He's part of the family. My dad's mom, my grandma, She has given us like little statues she's made because they like are kind of Aztec looking. And my little sister, Grace, she um, announced to the family that we have to start celebrating Day of the Dead and Cinco de Mayo. And then like we had to explain to Grace that like Salvadorians don't celebrate Cinco de Mayo, but it was just so sweet that she wanted to make that gesture. When Spider proposed to Sarah on that dolphin watching excursion, he made one thing incredibly clear to her. I'm not marrying her for papers. I want to marry her because I love her. So that's why I'm, even if she say uh, you can just go and find somebody else, and I'm not taking that because I'm with her because I love her. That's the stereotype, right? Like, oh, these illegals are coming over the border and they're stealing our white women and stealing our jobs. And I'm like, no matter how many jobs he steals, like we have a whole closet full of them and we're still struggling. Like I, like they're not these scary gangsters coming up and selling drugs and raping people like some specific people in our government seem to think. They're just people and they just, he didn't come here to steal anything. He didn't come here to hurt anybody. He just wanted to take care of his mom. And I feel like that's such a human thing that everyone can get behind. We came to that decision that we're going to be together no matter where. If I have to leave, she is following me. Or she have to leave, I follow her. I wouldn't call him my husband if I wouldn't follow him to hell. We're going to take a quick break here. 
When we get back, we'll talk about the high stakes of their relationship and the decisions they were forced to make because of them. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Sarah and Spider hired a lawyer who was supposed to help Spider with his papers. They ended up in this kind of limbo while they waited for Spider to try to gain American citizenship. And during that time, they started thinking about their future. They thought about the kinds of things a lot of engaged couples think about. Finding a house and having kids. We want a family together, but we have to ask ourselves, like, is that even responsible because of his status? For us... He goes to work and he could get pulled over for speeding or something or not using a blinker or a busted taillight. And there's a chance that I could not see him again after that. And like we ultimately decided that there could be something and he never gets papers. Like laws are changing so often now. We don't know how long it's going to be possible to marry someone and get citizenship. So we decided a few months ago that We weren't going to let his status stop us from making a family. It's scary to think that I might be a single mom one day because our country is kind of backwards, but we want it. And if things change, things change, and we'll deal with that. They tried for more than a year. Nothing happened. But then Sarah told me some news when I called her for an update on their situation. Bear with us, the quality of some of these phone calls isn't as great as when Sarah and Spider were in the studio, but it really was the best and fastest way for us to stay in touch. On Christmas night, we found out I was pregnant, and it was, like, really, really cool. And then two days after that, so around a week after we had found out, um, I went to the hospital because I was having, like, a lot of pain in my right side when we got there. They did an ultrasound. They had found that it was an ectopic pregnancy. The baby was already gone because my quant levels were dropping really quickly. And so that was kind of the worst day of my life. They had to do surgery to remove my right fallopian tube. And that was like two weeks of recovery. And Spider was great through All of that, like, he took care of me, he got me what I needed, he took a bunch of time off of work so that I wouldn't be at the house alone. 
it was really awful, but it was really cool to see how he took care of me like that. Like, I've never had that. Not even from, like, my mom, you know? So that really messed us up, and we both got really depressed. And, like, he started drinking a lot, and I was too lost and depressed to really care about anything. Last January, they went to a party for a friend's child. It was a 45-minute drive from where they lived. We had already talked for, like, two weeks leading up to the party that, like, you know, if you get drunk, we're just going to stay there. We'd already talked with my friend. She said that was cool. But for whatever reason, Spider decided to drive home that night. We got pulled over on the way home, and he got arrested. They set his bail at, like, $7,500, and since he didn't have a social security number... And ICE is so overpowered now, and they are allowed to take an illegal immigrant at any point in the process, even before their court date. They could go in, take him, and he wouldn't make it to his court date, which would mean that the bail bond company wouldn't get their money back. So they couldn't get him out. He was in jail for two days before he had court. He was only sentenced to 20 days in jail. So I waited around the courthouse for a couple hours and then they told me oh yeah um we can't release him to you he has an ice hold because of spider status they weren't going to release him and we found that out and then at 10 a.m the next morning ice came and they took him and they transferred him to a, the biggest city like close to us then they moved him to another state and then they took him to the detention center and that's where he's been about a month now Spider's sister had a few thousand dollars saved up. Sarah's grandmother was able to dip into her retirement fund. Together, they were able to pay a lawyer $10,000. But still, Sarah had to move out of their house. She couldn't afford the rent without Spider. She was still grieving her miscarriage, and her depression began spiraling out of control. Before I met him, I had attempted suicide twice. I was on like a huge rotating list of medication for mental health problems. Depression, PTSD, anxiety disorder. It was awful because the medicine made me feel like a robot. And if it didn't make me feel like a robot, it made me feel all the things. He was my biggest support. And I was doing really well. I'd gone two and a half years without any suicidal thoughts. I had been off medication for two and a half years. Now that he's gone, all of it's back. All of the bad thoughts, all of the PTSD nightmares and flashbacks. And then emotionally, it's, I miss him. Like, I have dreams about him that are very similar to the kind of dreams I have about my mom. And she's gone. When I wake up from those, it takes me a few minutes to realize, oh, he's not coming home today. Or he's not just in the bathroom. Like, he's, he's gone for now. I can't explain how, like, just scared I am all the time. Because, yeah, we put down 10 grand for a lawyer, but there's no guarantee that lawyer is going to win. And if he goes back to El Salvador, I don't know how long that he'll be able to live down there. What are you worried is going to happen to him in El Salvador? I'm worried he'll get killed. I've talked with his sister, and I'm like, what do you think will happen? Like, would it really be so bad? 
And she said, you know, Sarah, I don't want to scare you, but everyone knows that he left to live in the U.S. So not only are they going to be upset that he thought he was better than the country, but they're going to think he's got money somewhere. I'm scared that they're going to kidnap him and try and extort his family because that's something that has happened to some friends of ours, family members. Uh, I'm scared they're going to kill him. Spider feels incredibly guilty for what he did, for breaking the law and driving drunk, especially when he knew how precarious his status was. Yeah, (laughs) there's been a lot of conversations and it's, I'm scared he's in there beating himself up over it. He doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to talk about how we got here. But I'm angry, so I want to talk about how we got here. But I can't be angry at him because I'm so scared for him. I will never defend what he did because it's wrong. But it had a reason. Like, he just lost a child and people make really dumb decisions when they're grieving. And that's not an excuse, but this shouldn't ruin his life. This shouldn't send him back to a country where... I don't know that he'll live for a year. In our darkest conversations, he's told me that I should just let him go and go find me a nice white boy. And I told him that there's no way that I'm not going to fight for him. If I wasn't willing to fight for him, then I wouldn't be the kind of woman he should marry. But I, I know he feels bad. I feel like sometimes he's trying to put on a brave face because... I'm the fragile one in this relationship, right? So even from more than 100 miles away, he's taking care of me. Now, Sarah and Spider hadn't been legally married before he was arrested. They wanted to, they were planning a wedding, but they were waiting for the right time. His only caveat was, if we do it, we do it the right way. As he put it, let me do the ceremony, we sign the thing there, we're not going to go to the courthouse and just do that. He said, I want to give you the wedding that you've always wanted, and I don't want my immigration status to take that away from you. So we were going to get married in May. But this happened, so now he technically doesn't have any legal grounds to be in the U.S. The lawyer needed to prove a couple things. One, that Spider's a person of good moral character. That's something that's Wildly subjective. I don't have like a paper that says this guy's a person of good moral character to put in front of a judge. Two, they had to prove that it would inflict extreme and unusual hardship on a U.S. citizen if Spider gets deported. Given Sarah's mental and physical health, that one was a little bit easier. If they could prove those two things, they could be granted the right to a jailhouse wedding. He received a packet from the jail when we started this process that said the rules, I'm not allowed to bring anyone with me. Uh, the jail provides the witnesses. He'll be behind glass and there's no contact allowed. A jailhouse wedding was really the best case scenario. That was the path to getting Spider the papers so that he could live here forever. If that happens, we get everything that we've ever wanted. Like, we'll be able to buy a house and we won't have to have small panic attacks every time we see a cop driving by. We won't have to worry about having kids and him being taken away one day. It'll be amazing. We ended our conversation there with Sarah and Spider and Limbo. And it's also where we thought we'd end this story. It wasn't a happy ending. 
but life doesn't always give us happy endings. Then Sarah emailed us a week later. She had good news. Spider was granted bond. His sister was able to borrow the $12,000 they needed to get him out. The two of them rushed to get their marriage license the very next day and got married the night after that. It was a very long Monday when we got married. We had started the whole day at like 9 a.m. And we went to the county clerk's office in the new town we're living in. ICE kept his passport when they released him. They didn't give it back to him. So he has no photo ID. (laughs) You know, we had a photocopy of his passport that we've needed for all of our lawyery things. So we went down there. We got there at like one in the afternoon and they accepted it. And then they gave us the name of some officiants. We did it. It was just us and the officiant. And um, it was at sunset and... We were in a cute little gazebo in the middle of like a old town area. It was very, very sweet. It was nice, but I just wish that I was in a different situation. I was happy, but at the same time, I was kind of sad. It wasn't how I was planning that we're going to do this. It's cool that I have like a paper saying you can't take him away from me. I mean... That's not what it says, and they still <laughs> probably could, but it feels more secure. feel a little bit safe now. Now, I'll present her like my wife. It's official. Spider's story isn't new. It's what a lot of immigration has looked like. A lot of us can trace back our parents' stories or their grandparents' stories, their great-great-grandparents' stories, and they're similar. It often comes down to boy meets girl, they fall in love, they face adversity, and they persevere. But most importantly, they want to be free to build a life together. That's all Sarah and Spider want. They want to be allowed to love. This episode was hosted and reported by Joe Piazza, with special thanks to Sarah and Spider Lee Nares. It was produced by Ramsey Yunt and edited by Ramsey Yunt and Tyler Kling. Live sound recording by Tasha Lemley, with mixing by Tristan McNeil. The executive producers are Joe Piazza, Tyler Kling, and Julie Douglas. Theme song and music by Tristan McNeil. For comments, suggestions, or to be part of the show, give us a call at 404-996-1173. That's 404-996-1173. Or send us an email at joe at committedpodcast.com. That's jo at committedpodcast.com. And grab a copy of Joe's book, How to Be Married, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Committed is a production of iHeartRadio and produced in our studios located in Atlanta, Georgia. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. 
The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book.